Welcome in to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On this episode, we have Mike Bell. Mike is currently the bench coach for the Minnesota Twins. 2020 was his first year with the Twins. Prior, he was with the Arizona Diamondbacks, where he held a uh, various different roles, including director of player development, minor league manager, field coordinator. He comes from a baseball family. His brother, David, is currently the manager for the Reds. His dad and grandfather played both played over 15 years in the big leagues. So he, he's someone who you know has very strong ties to the game of baseball and has a ton of experience himself. And one, a few of the things that he talks about in this episode is – you know what he's looking for, what he was looking for when he was hiring um, and interviewing different coaches and people in the front office from when he was with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So if you're someone who is looking to get in professional baseball or just looking to get into coaching in general and want to want an inside glimpse on, on what that other person is looking for when they're interviewing you, this is going to be a good episode for you. This is also going to be a really good episode for anyone out there who wants to become or is a head coach, and that's going to allow you to be able to just get a leg up on on that whole process by listening to someone like Mike who has been a manager has had you know several family members who have managed at the big league level too. This episode is brought to you by Marv Bands. Marv Bands are a great tool that helps with arm care, helps with movement prep for hitting, can do a lot of various exercises with it. If you head to marvtraining.com, um, you can get your, you get hooked up with a pair of Marv bands, or you can go to your local Dick's Sporting Goods store because that, now that they have um, access to Marv bands, you can get them there anytime, anywhere um, across the country. So marvtraining.com, great product. Make sure to check them out in-store at Dick's. Ladies and gentlemen, here is my episode with Mike Bell. All right, we're now live with Mike Bell. Mike, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Patrick. So you've been you're now a bench coach with the Twins, but I know you, you spent you know the past what 13 years with the Diamondbacks, even before before that. Um, what I mean, when you were with the Diamondbacks for the past 13 years, like what did you learn from a, a coaching standpoint throughout all your experience there? Because that's a long time, and you had you were in a bunch of various different roles. Yeah. Oh man, it's a, that is a fairly long conversation, I guess. I, you know, I, I did play with the diamond. I was drafted by him in the expansion draft, um, and then traded from there. And then I guess what was that? Uh, 96 or seven, I don't know. Years are running together, but, uh, so then I ended up signing with them, played, played for them in triple a in Oh three, met some good people there. And then ultimately, uh, they brought me back to uh, to manage in 2007 in Yakima, Washington. So I, that's that's where my my career really started um, as a coach, and um, you know my second life in, in baseball. And I learned a lot. I, I mean, I I, I worked under uh, Josh Burns and AJ Hinch for for a few years and then it was uh Jerry Depoto and then Kevin Towers um Tony La Russa, Dave Stewart, uh, Mike Kazen and, and his current crew now. So it's a lot of different things you learn. Um you know when I first started managing uh 
Um, I, I really, as long as I've been in the game and grew up in the game, I, I, I honestly didn't know what I was doing. You're, you're just kind of figuring it out. Um, as a player, it's all about you. And as a coach, it's all about the players. And, and that, that takes some adjusting. You know, there's, there's insecurities you're dealing with. Am I good enough? Do the players like me? Do they respect me? You know, how do I earn that? Um, it, it, just the in-game stuff that you don't think about as a player. So you start to learn and develop all of that. Um, so, I, I, you know, I managed for a few years. Uh, I was a field coordinator for a year, and then I was a farm director for nine years, I guess. Or I might have finished my 10th. I don't know. It's right around there. Um, and then start to coach again this past year. Uh, it, it, and you think, you think about some of the things you did your first year, you know, uh, like my year 2007, and you kind of cringe. You're like, gosh, I can't believe I did that, or I, I can't believe I took that so personal, or I, whatever the case is. And um, sometimes you can't put your finger on what you learned. Uh, but you know you've learned something and, you, and you've changed. And oftentimes it's just it's just life being more secure in, in what you're doing and uh, what you believe in. And uh, but I'm I'm still developing every day. Was there was there certain times where you're coaching and you're you're seeing something in a player and you're like, man, if I if I could go back in time when I was a player and change something, like it would have been what I'm trying to get this guy to do. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, and I'm not an over mechanical, uh, mechanically minded person. Um, I, I actually really enjoy the the leadership part of it, the mentoring, the emotional um, issues that players deal with and coaches and staff. But, but sure you do, you do think back and, and for me, it's just, it's just knowing that, that it's okay (laughs) and things are going to be okay. You know, I, I, I put a lot into the game, like, like we all have, um, I think looking at it now, I probably put more pressure on myself than, than needed. Uh, and, you know, it's, I talk to players, it's talking to them about being themselves and, and uh, doing what they feel is right and they believe in. And, and some of it would just, just be, I don't know, beat up, play the game uh, a little bit more free, you know. But I, I think sometimes and some people, and me being one of them can't really do that at that time. It's just yeah. the way it is. Uh, you know, now if I could go back with the experiences and everything I have now, for sure, I, you know, I'd play the game a little differently. Did, did you feel any of that in, internal pressure just because your, your dad played 18 years in the big leagues and your grandpa played 15 years in the big leagues? Yeah, I guess that's what I was referring to a little bit. I, yes. I, at the time, I didn't realize it. Um, looking at it now and, and kind of stepping away from it and looking back on my career, uh, for sure. I mean, I, I, and I remember how I felt and think, how did I not recognize that? Um, but yeah, I mean, as young as a, as a kid, I felt that, um, and, and maybe now, cause I have a son, he's, and we've talked about him before he's at Xavier university pitching and, you know, he'll swear to you up and down that there's no pressure, you know, uh, 
people talk about the, I, I support him and you know my dad's great and everything but it's like uh looking back at, in in 20 or 30 years for him i guarantee he's gonna say he felt pressure you know and it's not that any of us put it on him it's it's like he's his great grandpa played his grandpa played his dad played his brother or his uh his uncles played you know and it's he was actually the, the the first first kid on either side of the family and and all of a sudden he's supposed to uh pick up the torch and and follow those those uh footsteps but it, it it's just i think it's the way it is you know some some people handle it better some struggle with it it's just life yeah i'm sure there's not yeah like you said there's not a ton you can really do about yeah. it just yeah just support them <laughs> yeah that's right that's right. So you mentioned you really enjoyed being in in those leadership positions. Um, what like what did you learn from being in, in a leadership position? Because I'm sure like, when you first got that job, you looked at it differently than towards the end of your tenure there. Yeah, um, you know when I when I first got the job, I I again I I got thrust into some positions that I honestly wasn't prepared for. Um, and you have to figure it out quick. It's just whether it's managing, uh, whether it's a, a coordinator or farm director or a bench coach. And I, I, the one thing I did and, and always have been is I, I think I've been pretty vulnerable, um, open with with the ups and downs and um, the things that I'm 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 good at and the things that I struggle with and and. You know, in each of those positions, I, I would talk to coaches, um, sometimes players, um, coordinators, uh, whatever the position, and just ask people for help. And I, I don't think I knew at the time what I was doing, um, but I, I think that was my leadership style. Um, I think that's how I built culture and an environment, uh, including people, like all these little subtle things that that come off of sharing yourself your stories being open being honest being vulnerable um and, and that's kind of how my leadership style evolved um and, and what we did in, in arizona in the minor league level we ultimately brought people in i think that that had some of those traits although we diversified, I think, the types of people we brought in. Um, but probably five, six years in, into my time as a farm director, um, after building relationships, uh, my closest friends uh, in the organization talking about our culture and environment, I started to realize um, how we got to where we were. Um, and I was am uh really proud of it still proud of it um and it's just it's just who i am i, I think I, I i learned to be myself to be humble to uh i don't know um be okay with with who i was again the good and the bad and and it and it worked for us so when it comes to being a farm or farm director, you know, a lot of times you're involved with, with hiring new, new people on board and there's people listening to this who, who want to get into professional baseball or, or maybe just want to get into even college coaching. They're going to have to interview for a job, like wherever it is. 
what advice would you would you give them from someone who's been on the other side and actually doing the interview? Yeah, I've I've done uh, quite a few interviews. I, I so it's hard. I mean, for me, it doesn't always work for everybody, right? You know, yeah. um, I, I think I always look for people um, that had at least those some of those traits that I was talking about that our culture was was built on. You know, people didn't have to be as, as vulnerable as, as I get sometimes, um, but at least honest, open, uh, I mean, caring, thoughtful, a good teammate, um, and, and somebody that, that is, is ready to learn, willing to learn, and capable of learning. And um, that's what I look for, you know. I, I, <laughs> I, I think – and especially as you go up, I, I know early on in the, in the minor leagues, um, you know, the, the mechanics and um, a lot of what's new in the game, you, you have to have people that can, can build that foundation. But as you go up, uh, you just have to be able to connect with players. You, you know, you, you have to be able to do that. And in Arizona, I, I think I, I – you know, we, we, we've talked about other guys that we've had in the system, but I, I think ultimately I wanted guys that I knew could connect with the players and it, not just in a baseball sense, but, um, connect with them on a, on a personal level. I, I always feel like once you do that with a player, um, it, it, it sometimes doesn't matter how much, you know, at that point. They, they have confidence. They trust you. That player can go out and play with, with freedom. They come to the park with peace and, and ultimately they, they start to reach their ability. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting how, um, you know, you, when you were answering that question, like you, you know, you mentioned mechanics for a little bit, but everything else, it wasn't really technical knowledge that you're looking for. Yeah. I, it, I, I you have to have it. Like, yeah, like you do have to have it. Um, it's such, I, I'm on Twitter. I don't do much on Twitter. I follow it. Um, there's so many smart people out there. Um, and, and I, I see kind of the arguments unfolding on, on Twitter. Um, and I'm looking at each one thinking, man, that's, that guy's pretty smart or this guy's pretty smart. And, uh, and I think it's, it's great. I think it's really, really helped a lot of people, but, um, I do believe that has to stop somewhere and, and the, just the, the personal connections have to, to take over, you know, and there's, there's some combination of that, you know? So, um, it's like when you put it, put together staff, um, you're, you're trying to put a diverse staff together because, you know, there, there's a lot of players out there that didn't, didn't, didn't feel like I did or, you know, me trying to make a personal connection was a turnoff to them or whatever, you know, so you need, you need, uh, somebody else there, uh, to pick that up for you. You know, you're, you're, you're a team and you're trying to connect with every player. And, and so you have to have a diverse staff, you know, some, you know, have to be, have a lot of emotional intelligence and they're able to sit down with, with young players and kids and, and talk them through things. Some players now want a lot of, of mechanical help, and you have to be able to give that to them, at least have the ability to, you know, where it stops and where you ask them to just go compete. Like, 
you know, you can talk about that later, but I, I, I do think a diverse staff is important. Um, but they'll have to have some core values that are similar to, to what you have currently in the system. When it, when it comes to you getting back on the, the field and coaching, kind of what you're just referring to uh, of building those relationships with players and how some players may not want that personal connection, um, you just – how do you go about, like, realizing that or knowing that, that they, like – they just want to be told exactly what to do. They don't really care how many brothers, you know, or anything they – you know, yeah. anything like that. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, sure. I, I think it, the higher you go, the more it's like that a little bit, you know. I don't, I don't know why. Um, I, I think in the past I might have taken things personal, you know. Like, if, if I couldn't connect with somebody, then it's – it's my fault or I'm not good or I, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I think now it's like, you, you just, you're just yourself, you know, you walk around the field, you, you help guys where they need it. Um, and, and sometimes for me, it's more just helping a coach. I could be catching balls for infielders or hitting some fungos or walking around shag and talking to guys. And I, I just, myself would just say hello. And <laughs> like so, some guys, kind of want to dig in and and you have a, a terrific relationship you know the next guy you go to it's you know they're they're getting their mind locked in for the game and and that's all it is so um and it takes time i, I don't especially this year in the the, the covid season it, it was really hard um you're not around as much you, you got a mask on people can't see your facial expressions sometimes they don't hear you as well like there's a lot of different hurdles with the season and connecting with people this year, but I know it takes time. Like it, it takes, you know, two, three, four, five years to develop these relationships. And at the major league level, you don't, or any minor league level, probably more so at the minor leagues, but you, you don't always get that time. So you just do the best you can. You be yourself, you be honest, uh, you care, you're thoughtful uh, of what the players are going through. And, and, um, help them any way I can you can this was your first year with the twins um at the big league level coaching since you were a bench coach I know there's some people out there who may not actually know what a what a bench coach does could you explain that to, to anyone listening no <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is it's tricky I when I got the job I I talked to probably six seven eight nine bench coaches I talked to my brother had been a bench coach my dad had been a bench coach and multiple multiple other other bench coaches and even managers kind of asking them what they thought about the position um you know what they look for in a bench coach and every single one of them was different and i just kind of learned that you know you're you're, you're working for an organization manager in a group of other staff and and I feel like my job is just to help where I can, um, to see the holes, fill the holes, uh, try to make things better. If I have an idea, um, you know, talk through it with guys, um, you know, physically help where I can in the cage or the field, um, it, it, it shagging, um, uh, doing the bucket during, you know, it, 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 it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. You just, you look where, where 
not that it's we're not getting the job done, but just where you could help and make jobs easier for others. And and I think that's what I did. And I and I'm still still learning that. Um, you know, in games a little bit easier. You know, just it's I prepare for the game just like as if I was a manager. Um, you know, understanding pitching, pitching matchups. You know, our offense, uh, where we might. Uh, want to make moves, um, line up stuff. And then it, sitting in the dugout by the managers, just offering um, suggestions, thoughts, um, confirming different things that, that he's doing, uh, just making sure that that his job is, is easier in the game or he's more in, in and ultimately what he decides to do. And, and that's, that's a lot of fun too. Is there a certain part of, of the job that you, you like really enjoy, like preparing for a game, like lineups, scouting, anything particular? Yeah, I, I do like preparing for the game. Um, it's funny. I was a position player, but I've almost, I'm, I'm not necessarily good at it or who, who knows, but I, I, I really enjoy the pitching side of it. And maybe it's because pitchers were so tough on me when I was playing. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know, trying to understand uh, why. But like the, the pitching side of it, not, not developing pitchers necessarily, but just seeing what they, they do good, um, how they match up against our hitters or, you know, our pitchers, their, their hitters. Um, I like to kind of plan out the game and and think of how how we're going to get from the fourth, fifth, sixth inning to the ninth. You know, thinking through things like that, um, I really enjoy doing. And then the end game. Once the game starts, you, you feel a little bit like a player again. You know, you'll never feel like a player or be a player, but you know that adrenaline starts to rush through you a little bit. And, uh, and you still get a lot of the highs and lows. So there's there's plenty of times where I failed to mention something to our manager, or I, I was asked my opinion, and you know we might have gone the way I said, and it and it failed. You know, and so you you got to go back and think why or um, how'd that happen, or I got to make sure I stay on top of of of, of this area, whatever, and then you get better and build from there. Aren't you, as um, as a bench coach, also responsible for like giving the the yes or no on on challenges during the game? Yeah, every everybody does a little bit different. Um, ultimately, the manager is going to make that call. Um, I, I, I think I think there there's some teams that you know probably have different levels of confidence. Uh, that information gets to the manager, and he makes a call. Some some rely heavily on uh, on the, the video uh, person, you know, reviewing the play in the, in the clubhouse. And ultimately there I'm, I'm listening and have to relay what, what the video um, coach saw. And, and that's kind of how we do it. So I, I do enjoy that. I, I was very, very concerned uh, about that when I started just I was concerned about the rules. Am I going to mess up a rule? Do I know all the rules? And the answer is no, I don't know all the rules. And yes, I will mess something <laughs> up, but um, you know, you try and get better at that stuff. But I was also worried about the, 
the uh, the video replays and you know, I was like, God, am I, am I going to forget to get run over to the phone? Am I going to, you know, say challenge and I mean don't challenge or I, you know, you just start to have those little, little nightmares, you know, it's like when you, you run out to the field, you forgot your clothes or something, you know, <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's similar to that, but, but we settled in and uh, it keeps you on in the game. You know, you watch every play, you watch it a little differently. You're watching guys touch the bases. You're watching, you know, the, the catcher's interference. There's there's a bunch. And um, I, I just, in, in the person I work with on the other end of that, that phone, I basically we just said, I, I'm going to run over every time. But I think there's, could be anything. Um, and, and I did. I, I, I feel like I accomplished that. And even times when the plays weren't even reviewable. But, it, you know, um, I just wanted to make sure we had our bases covered. So when you're, when you're, like, on the phone, is it simply, like, he's telling you, like, yes to challenge or no? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, you got 20 seconds from, from the time that you say you're challenging it. So it, it's, it's not a lot of time, and he's got – I don't know, 20 different views of this. And, and so that's how we have chosen to do it and, and feel like we're a little bit more effective with it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think this is, it's all, it's very interesting to get a different, different perspective on, on, you know, the game itself and, and you being a bench coach. Um, and it's, I, I really didn't, I didn't personally even know exactly all that went in, went into being a bench coach. And you mentioned how you didn't even know all the rules I yeah. think that's one of the things that I probably need to do a better job of and you know, do this off season of actually learning. There's so many rules out there. Like, I mean, there are, and we, the organization does a great job of, of, of teaching us and different exercises. And, and so, yeah, in a lot of times I think it gets overwhelming, like, Oh man, I'm going to mess this rule up. You can always slow the game down, call time, get a rules check. Like there, there's things that you can do. There's other people in the dugout, you know, and sometimes it, it's somebody just saying like, can they do that? You know, and you don't have to have the answer, but you can also say, Let, let's, let's go out and talk to the umpire, you know, something like that. So you, you don't have to have all the answers, um, but you do need to continue to learn and, and be okay not knowing and asking somebody for help that's on the field, like an umpire or another coach. Do you like the challenge? Because I, I, that wasn't around when you were – back when you were playing. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of indifferent, I guess, a little bit. I, I, I don't know. I, I, after doing it for a year, that was part of my job. So, I, you know, I enjoyed it. So I would say I, I, I do like it. Um, constantly trying to make it better um you know you'd like to see it move along faster at times uh, but those guys are, are doing a good job the umpires and, and mlb of, of coming to the right conclusion you know it, it, i guess sometimes you question like why is that not reviewable but this is or you know you start thinking about well you only get one challenge but there could be other calls that are wrong like how is that are we trying to get all the calls right or how does that work and, and and there's questions with it but hey it's baseball there's there's you know no perfect answer answers and I was always like I kind of got you know I always 
my relationship with umpires was good as a, as a player, as a manager, I, I got thrown out a lot, you know, <laughs> I, I, it, it was kind of what I thought you did at that time in, in my, you know, the young period of my life. But I, I like dealing with that part of the game. And, and with that is sometimes it's bad calls. Sometimes the calls go your way and, and it's teaching your players. That, that was part of it too. When you, we had a stretch where you had some calls go against you. It, it's helping them understand um, that they need to focus on their game and not let that affect them. That was part of managing. So I, I you kind of miss that a little bit, but I, but I understand the way the cameras are now and technology and, um, everything that's that's involved in the game like how important getting calls right is did you ever go out uh getting ready to argue with an umpire like wanting to get thrown out or would ask the umpire to throw you out no no i i'd never i was a, a big believer in getting thrown out motivates your team i just as a player that that didn't do it for me like i i think i had enough internal drive to like <laughs> want to play the game um I think when I got thrown out a lot, like I, I grew up watching, you know, my dad got thrown out a lot, Lou Pinella, like all these guys that, that got thrown out. So I thought it was like part of the job. It was actually something that I'd never really wanted to do, but felt like I had to. In um, you know, doing it over again, I, I would be a different type of, of manager. Um, and, and with the review review process now it's a little tougher to get thrown out anyways but I, I never went out to like oh this will motivate our team and I'd, i i better be doing a better job of motivating and leading than thinking i have to go out and, and get kicked out well how would you handle disagreeing with calls now if you, like as a manager well i guess if it's a play that's not reviewable uh you know it's just there's so many things that like we have the answer right in front of us. We know if it's was right or wrong. Um, I, honestly, I, I think I'd probably go out, ask them what they saw. Um, if I really thought they missed it, I would ask them to get help. Um, sometimes they will. Um, and then the, the call is made and there's nothing to say. Sometimes they won't. And, and you just keep trying. I think it's like any, any other relationship. You keep trying to build trust with that umpire or those umpires. Um, ultimately it's going to help you not that they're going to give you calls, but I think you're going to be able to trust them more, uh, when they say, yeah, I got that one right. Or, you know what? I may have missed that one. Um, just hard for me dealing with, with, uh, grown people that like to yell and scream at me. It just, it just doesn't make as much sense to me now. Um, but I, I get it. It's still part of the game when it happens though. What what about though if it's a, a player who disagreed with a call and, and he just got thrown out and so it, it's more along the lines of you having his back and that's why you get thrown out. Yeah, I, I think Do you agree with that? Um so I, I think you, you might argue a little bit just to get the player out of there. Um I, I think the only time I'd have a real problem is if an umpire directed something personally to our player. You know, I, I think that's when it, it becomes something different. But generally when a player is yelling, arguing, um, you probably run out pretty quick, maybe argue, try and <clears throat> get the focus off the player, get the player out of there. 
Um, but once he gets ejected, it, it's it's kind of there's not a whole lot you can do. Me getting ejected right after that, like I don't know what that does. But yeah, maybe in some case there there are some cases where you probably have to do something. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. You bringing up Lou Pinello because I'm just in my head visualizing him just throwing bases around. So I could I could see how you, as a <laughs> yeah, young manager, yeah. I mean, growing up watching yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I saw him plenty. My uh, my brother played for him. I mean, there's there was a lot of managers. That Did your dad do that too? Yeah. Like copy like Lou Pinello and throwing stuff around? No, no. He got thrown out plenty, but I I never saw him throw anything. It was never like a like theatrics or <clears throat> a big show. Um, it would just get pretty heated, and he get thrown out, and he'd walk back in. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Mike, I really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, it's been been a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to connect. Um, you know, I know I've known about you for a while. I mean, we went to the same high school, Moeller, but. Um, you know, just random that, or, you know, Jared Gaynor, a good buddy of mine, just is now with the yeah. twins too. And you guys had breakfast. So small world, I guess, but uh, I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, no, likewise. I mean, shoot, we both went to the same high school and, and the shame of it, cause I don't go back. I, I didn't even really know till I was following different, uh, you know, a, a lot of hitting guys that I was trying to, to learn. So I was trying to follow, uh, good hitting coaches and you know you connect one coach to another to another because you like them and then sure enough I, I had followed you and then I saw you got the Orioles job and I saw Moeller connection and yeah so I, I'm uh it's great to get get to to meet you and well over zoom at least yes. anyway yeah Thanks for listening to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball. Make sure to go subscribe on iTunes so you can stay up to date on the latest trends and techniques being taught in player development. Until next week, hope everyone stays safe.